What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Boutique Digital Marketing, the show that tells you everything you need to know about business development and digital marketing. I'm Rita Sekali, founder of Boutique Digital Marketing, the digital marketing company, and professor of business here in Southern California. I'm here with you today to talk about whether or not your customer can access your product or services and how you can motivate your employees. We also have an amazing interview for you with a company that's doing a lot to combat the coronavirus and to make sure everybody is safe. So you want to be here for this and you want to listen up. So we're gonna start the first part of the episode by talking about how to motivate your employees. So if you have a business and you feel like the morale is really down, then you might wanna listen to this. Um, You know, you may feel like your employees are lacking motivation and if that's the case, you guys, you are probably wondering what it is that you can do to increase their morale. So fortunately for you, um, you are not the only one going through this and there are fortunately solutions that we are going to talk about. First and foremost, you guys, what you wanna do is design a motivating job. So the job itself has to be motivating. It doesn't mean that, uh, you know, like you take normal jobs that people think are mundane and you flip them around, um, but you rewrite them in a way that is exciting for the person that is there. Some tasks are really just, you know, um, I can't really think of the word, <laughs> but like mundane, right? Some tasks are really mundane, but but there are other there are ways to kind of change that. So basically, you guys, there's nothing worse than working at a job that you hate. And sometimes you love the work that you do, but you hate the job itself. And as the owner of a business, you guys, you want to make sure that your employees don't feel that way about the jobs that they have within your companies. So you wanna design or redesign jobs in a way that would prevent employees from facing that problem. And in order to do that, there are three main elements that you should consider. These elements are job job enlargement, job enrichment, and job rotation. And what job enlargement is, it's basically a way of increasing the scope of a job by adding these diverse tasks to these to the employees. And it may seem like it's counterintuitive that really a motivating job would require additional tasks to be added, but additional tasks can actually enhance the skills of the employees and allow them to gain new skills. And that's where it starts to make sense because Otherwise, it's like, mm, why would you want to enlarge someone's job? Well, it gives them benefit. And again, let's be clear on something, you guys. We are not saying that um, they need to be overworked. Like, this is not adding jobs. Like, I'm just going to keep adding the same task over and over and over again until you basically die. It's rather adding a more more diverse jobs or adding diversity into the work life so that they can constantly benefit Uh, from being a part of your company. And the second thing, or the second one of the trio is job enrichment, which is basically, what you want to think about it is, it's basically achieved when employees are giving more autonomy in performing their duties. And this doesn't mean that you don't provide uh, support for your new employees or just throw them in there because it's enriching. 
I don't know about you, but that does not seem interesting or enriching, sorry, to me. It sounds pretty exhausting. However, with a competent and trained employee, it's enriching to increase the independence and responsibility of that person. Honestly, by doing so, you increase job satisfaction for the employees and decrease turnover rates, which is a really good thing for the person um, that's working there, for you, for your company, for your costs, and it's a win-win-win situation. So that's what you wanna aim for. Uh, The third thing uh, that you really have to pay attention to is job rotation. And um, really, as the name suggests, it's rotating the employees between different jobs within the company with the purpose that they provide exposure they are provided with exposure to different elements of the company's operation. What this does, like what this diversity in job rotation does, it decreases boredom and it offers employees new set of skills to explore, right? So let's say you own a restaurant, okay? And there are different people doing different things. Well, changing between these rotations or doing job rotations will increase the skills for certain people or for certain employees, which would make them less bored um, in their work. And that's a really good thing. Next up that we have uh, to create, like to motivate your employees would be schedule. Now schedule is a very, very big thing. And once you've designed a really good job or a great job, it's time to work on scheduling. Flexible scheduling is a great incentive and a great motivator for employees. It allows them to work without disregarding their personal responsibilities. And that's something that uh, people like. You want to have that work-life balance. And because a lot of jobs are very demanding in terms of the scheduling itself, it becomes hard for people to do that. What we saw during the pandemic or during COVID-19 is that changes in schedule uh, really highlighted some of the benefits of working from home, which wasn't an option for the majority of employees before. But companies dared to venture into something new, and they kind of did that out of necessity because otherwise they would have had to close a lot of them or shut down completely. So daring to to rethink the scheduling, to rethink and work with your employees so that they can provide better results for you is actually something that you want to take a look at and you really wanna consider the options that you have. Maybe offering every other Friday off, maybe offering work from home, maybe offering, um, you know, people to come in early and leave earlier or something of that sort. But whatever it is that you want to do or you do, you want to take into consideration the needs of your employee and you want to cater to their needs. And speaking of catering to employee needs, the second part that we have or the third part that we have today that we want to focus on is employee empowerment. And it is essential that you do that. And this could be done, you guys, in a variety of ways. Uh, And one of these ways really is recognition. People, um, you know, it's not that people are working to get a pat on the back, but it's often a really good thing. It feels good. Um, And not because they needed to keep going, but feeling appreciated 
is a good feeling. And it feels empowering to know that they, these hours that they've spent, this hard work that they spent, hasn't gone in vain for a boss that doesn't even recognize them. And that's something to keep in mind. Recognition could be formal, it could be informal. Um, if you're looking to motivate your employees through formal recognition, for example, you might want to try awards that celebrate certain accomplishment or maybe just milestones. Maybe congratulations on being with the company for five years or thank you for being with the company for 10 years. And, you know, and that just makes people feel like, oh, okay, like my life wasn't wasted here. And you have informal recognition, which could be as simple as a well done or an appreciation email or something of that sort. Whatever it is, it's important that your employees feel empowered, not only through recognition, but also through responsibilities and decision making. You know, it's not just about like, hey, you're doing a good job, but you're doing a job. Let me show you that I trust you. So allowing the employee to feel like you trust them to handle the tasks they're given will encourage the employee to keep going and that's something you want to do and um and this again you guys again to be clear this doesn't mean you throw the employee under the bus but rather assuring that person that you're available um if and when they need help while maintaining trust in that person is essential the last thing that we have is incentives and really incentives are very motivational and i think you want to think, what are the benefits of working for your company? You need to give your employees reasons to keep going forward. The most prominent type uh, of incentives or the most popular type of incentive is financial incentives. And this includes things like commission, profit sharing, stocks, bonuses, all these things. But, um, you know, there are also other things that could be incentives. For example, educational or education could be an incentive, so educational incentives. There we go, I said it correctly. Um, and this could be in a form of formal academic education or it could be training uh, and, and certifying the employees and making sure that they feel more empowered, they feel like their skill sets are increasing. You're not just taking everything out of them, you're also putting something in as well. And um, <clears throat> that would make them feel better about themselves and they would make them value your company a lot more. And that's, well, that's that. Next up, we are going to be talking about whether or not a customer can access your product or services and what that means for you. So make sure to stay tuned. All right, you guys. So in this portion of the show, we're going to be talking about or addressing the question, can customers access your product and services? So, do you have a great product and service? I, you know, I hope that the answer is yes. You kind of look back at your service, you're like, oh, yes, I do. Otherwise, you might want to check out the podcast on designing uh, great products and services. Yay. Um, anyways, so now that you have a great product and services, it is time to sell those products and those services. So, something that you must consider is accessibility of your product to your desired customer. Here's the thing. We live in a world where almost everything is on demand and user experience is highly important. I'm gonna say that one more time. User experience is highly important. 
In fact, it is a major focus point of digital marketing or digital design. So, in a world that is filled with instant gratification, your product or service need to have similar experiences when it comes to accessibility. Think about all the times you've clipped off a website because it was taking too long. We do that, and so does your customer. What that would mean is that your product or, or the product that you're actually looking to buy or the content you want it to see is not as accessible or was not as accessible as you'd hoped and as a result you kind of decided that it's not worth your time and or effort. The first thing you want to consider is customer support. Everything you display, whether uh, digitally or really just tangibly, has to be geared toward customer experience. Otherwise, you'll most likely drive the customer away, as we just kind of talked about. So, what you need is to make sure that your product or service is available at the right time, at the right place, with sufficient support uh, that the customer needs to get from point A to point EP. Of course, we cannot control time, but what we can do is control or anticipate, not control, sorry, anticipate the customer journey, and we can create a customer persona that establishes theoretically where the customer is in their purchasing journey and how and when you should reach them uh, or you should reach out to them. The next thing you want to consider for the access of your product is accessibility. So what does accessibility mean? That, my friend, is a great question. Accessibility, in our case, is the place where the customer will find your product and service. There are some things that need to be considered. First, you should consider where is the most likely location that your customer will be found. Is it online? Or is it walk-in, like a restaurant or a bakery? Are you willing to travel to receive, are they willing to travel to receive your services? If they are, how far? The second thing is that you should consider their buying preferences. Do they prefer to stop on a shop online or stop in the store? Uh, do they prefer looking online then coming to the store? And at this point, you may be asking, how do I know their preferences? Well, my friends, that is a great question again. You need to study your market. That's how you get it. That's how you find out their uh, buying preferences by going out into the field, by asking, by doing research, by finding out the information you need to find out, uh, and so forth, so that you can have a clearer understanding. The more you know about your customer, the more you can serve them. Third element to consider is time. Is your customer willing to wait or do they expect the product right away? For example, someone walking into a coffee shop would expect to wait no longer than five minutes. Whereas someone who's ordering a product, product online might be willing to wait four weeks before receiving what they purchased. And really, you might be thinking that less time usually means, you know, better for the uh, user. However, that's not always the case. Time can sometimes be used to enhance branding or show exclusivity. Now, if you're going to do that, you have to do that very strategically. You can't just do that and like, oh, why isn't my customer happy? It has to be a very, very strategic uh, thing that you are doing. So it could be, uh, for example, it could make the customer feel like they are more important. 
For example, if you're buying a Tesla, um, you probably wouldn't mind the wait knowing that the car is being custom made for you. Tesla's wait time is a part of that feeling that comes with owning a Tesla. And being placed on the waiting list of an exclusive high restaurant is a part of their branding, right? It makes the customer feel like, oh, I, it's an exclusive list. I'm on their waiting list. And it could be, uh, and it could really brand the restaurant as exclusive and worth the hype, okay? So use time wisely in accordance with the desires of your customer. Meet them where they are at. What is your product doing for them? What issue is it solving? And how quickly do they want that issue solved? Next up, we have delivery. So with all these considerations in mind, the product or service could then be delivered through your company or through other channels. For example, the company could decide to distribute the product themselves. So if you're the company and you have a product, you could sell it yourself or you can distribute it through other channels. Think of a bakery. You, if you have a bakery, you can make the bread and sell it yourself, or you can distribute to restaurants, or you can distribute to supermarkets where they sell that bread, okay? So Apple is an example, and they have the Apple stores in different locations, but they also sell their products through licensed distributors. For example, Best Buy, or different university bookstores. So what's the difference between Apple distributing their channel versus other channels? Well, when they distribute through their own channel, then they would have to ensure that their products are provided with all the different elements considered. These are things like the right location, the right time to present these products, the right qualities or quantities, not qualities, uh, and finally, the needed support. For example, you guys, when Apple launches a new phone, they take into account the anticipated demand. They also take into account the support the customer might need to move from one phone to another. However, when companies choose to deliver their products through other channels, the channels will have to deal with that details. For example, if Apple is just distributing to Best Buy, then Best Buy will have to provide the needed support they will have to deal with the product placement and availability and so forth. Of course, there are great uh, articles on Apple's distribution and things like that if you want to learn more, but this for us is just a quick example of what we're talking about. Next up, or the final thing that we want to talk about in this segment is expectation. Where, how, and when your product, you deliver your products relies heavily on customer expectations. These are expectations are constantly changing, which means that you have to be consistently uh, on the lookout for new trends. For example, before the pandemic, if you went to a restaurant, you expected to sit down, order your food, eat it, and then leave. During this pandemic, or during the COVID pandemic, the expectations change. The customer now expects maybe everything to be sanitized to the highest degree. And a lot of times they expect an easy to go option, which wasn't the normal case. The majority of people would walk into a restaurant, sit down and eat versus the minority would go in and order to go and leave. Now a lot of people prefer eating to go rather than eating at the restaurant. 
And depending on your business and the type of products that you want to sell, what is expected of your product will be obviously different. In some cases, people are okay ordering online and waiting for days. In other cases, they aren't. For example, you guys, many stories during this pandemic, again, and I refer to the pandemic a lot because there's a lot of changes that happened. Um, but during this pandemic, people created or businesses created curbside pickup where the customer could order online, pick up in store. And this satisfied the customer's desire to shop and their need to do something immediate. And this is all to increase sales and meet the customer expectation. By the end of the quarantine, uh, or towards, you know, long into the quarantine, most people expected the majority of stores to have that options, and stores that didn't were kind of a disappointment. Whatever the case is, you guys, you want to meet your customer again where they are at. And I cannot stress enough the importance of a customer journey to be able to determine that. So, this was kind of just uh, a summary of the topic. I hope you found it interesting and exciting. Up next, we have an interview with a company that's just doing amazing stuff with COVID and with uh, sanitizing and making sure that everybody is safe. Stay tuned with us so we can talk to them a little bit more. Alright everybody, welcome back to the show to Boutique Digital Marketing. Today, uh, as I told you guys earlier, I have an amazing company for you, amazing guests for you from a company that does a lot or is doing a lot to fight off the coronavirus, which we all really just want to get rid of. Uh, but, but there are some good things that came out of the pandemic, or at least I'd like to think, you know. Think of the positives, okay? Uh, so, um, the company that we're talking about is United UVC, and the guests that I have today are two amazing co-founders, two of three amazing co-founders. We got uh, Shane Gray and Dave Anderson, and Shane, uh, he is the president and the CFO, and uh, Dave is the one of the co-founders and the CEO of the company. What's up, you guys? How are you doing today? Hey, Rita. It's nice to be on. Thanks for having us. Thank you guys for being here. I'm super excited to talk to you guys. I got a chance to chat to Shane yesterday, and it was wonderful, and I'm super excited for him to share with you guys uh, their expertise. So I'm going to open the question to both of you. Who wants to tell me a little bit more about the company? Uh, Dave, I'll kick this one off to you. How about that? All right, I'll, I'll get us started. So uh, thanks again, Rita, for having us on today. We're excited to share a little bit more about what we're doing uh, with United UVC. Um, we are an environmental air purification company utilizing germicidal ultraviolet light as a means to destroy uh, airborne pathogens, uh, such as this novel coronavirus that's uh, created the current pandemic. Um, this technology that we are utilizing um, is not a new technology. It's actually something that's been in use for over 50 years in the healthcare environment. Uh, it's used in hospitals around the world, in uh, burn units or tuberculosis wings, anywhere where the risk for cross-contamination or airborne infection is high. Um, 
So what we've done is we've developed a business model that allows and brings this technology um, to any business that's concerned about the spread of infection, which is the current situation that I know a lot of companies are dealing with right now. Um, in the past, this might be something that's only limited to folks in the healthcare world, um, and they might be the only ones that either knew about it or, or had the ability to utilize it. Um, we've created a, a process and, and a business that makes it not only accessible, but affordable to um, small business owners all the way up to large manufacturing type companies to protect their staff and customers that are uh, inside their facilities. I love it. What kind of customers do you usually get? So you, you had a very wide range. Is there, you know, someone that typically needs this technology more than the other so forth? Well, I would say that um, there there really isn't a customer that we feel like you know couldn't benefit from our our service or our our products. Um, meaning that we're we're focused on taking care of indoor environments, so that you know it covers everybody that's inside of a space. Um, right now, uh, our primary focus uh, is is getting it out to everybody, but we're getting a lot of interest right now from school districts, um, a lot of manufacturing plants that are trying to keep people uh, working and, and keep their businesses going. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're also focused on the, the restaurant business. Uh, there's a lot of growing interest in that area as well. So um, we're, we're hearing a lot of uh, exciting you know stuff coming from everybody at the moment, but those are some of the bigger areas. That's very nice. I typically tell my listeners or, you know, the people that read my blogs and stuff to focus on one area. So I know you guys said that this technology has been there for a while and you're kind of shifting it from one place to another. When you first began uh, working through this, who was your target audience? I, I'll go ahead and take this one, Dave. This is Shane. Um, so uh, something we found out early on is uh, we noticed a lot of negative uh, media out there that's uh, talking about how the world's kind of falling apart and businesses are closing down and people are losing their jobs and the world is at historic unemployment numbers. So we started putting our heads together and we wanted to use our business that uh, currently had these products in place uh, primarily for odor remediation uh, type uses. And we initially targeted uh, areas that had what we think the greatest risk. And uh, some of those areas that we uh, targeted right away were uh, getting this technology into uh, churches or, or nursing homes, as well as um, as well as some of the smaller businesses. Something Dave mentioned uh, earlier is that we uh, initially focused on uh, on using this uh, this technology to uh, help out and. Uh, eradicate uh, germ germs, and uh, we just wanted to do the most amount of good we could. Um, as he mentioned, he, uh, this technology was previously only available to healthcare uh, facilities and perhaps municipalities, and it was really uh, unknown technology to the mass market. 
So what we did is we took this capital intensive kind of technology and we structured it uh, price wise to be able to get it into as many people's hands as possible. And that's where we kind of uh, differentiate ourselves amongst uh, most competition or other uh, people providing similar services. We wanna make this as available to as many Americans as possible that are affected by pandemic and get as many Americans back to work as possible. That's exciting. I hope actually that, you know, I hope that's the case. You know, we kind of, it's our objective to rebuild the the economy, especially the American economy, because I think it affects everyone around the world, whether people realize it or not, the American dollar is actually a widely used currency, (laughs) almost everywhere in the world, you know, um, you come here and uh, you bring your euro, they won't accept it, but you take a dollar to Europe and they actually will take it for the most part. So that's, uh, so hopefully that will rebuild the economy. Uh, so three guys get together and each from a different background. How did you guys come up with this one solid idea? Well, I can kind of take that one. I, I um coming from the engineering background and, and with my uh, co-founder and uh, brother, Dan, uh, I don't know if I mentioned he's, he's uh, my brother. I've got four oh. brothers and, and he's one of them. Uh, so we, we were kind of working on this venture. Um, he and I kind of leaned on each other from the engineering perspective, me more of a mechanical engineering background and facility management. Uh, Dan more from the bioenvironmental environmental uh, background, you know, dealing with environmental, um, issues and things like that, like viruses. Um, and then, uh, we found Shane and Shane really comes to us with the, uh, the financial expertise and the business development background. Um, so between the three of us, we feel, you know, we've got a pretty good tripod of, you know, uh, uh, uh expertise that, um, we kind of can sort of support each other and help you know, build the business. And Did you guys know Shane before or was it like, we're looking for a business partner. Let's find, let's find someone. Uh, Shane and I actually have known each other for almost three years now, um, coming from the hospitality world and, and Shane in a financial background and that. So he was kind of a uh, early person that came to mind uh, when we knew we needed to bring someone on board that had that sort of a skill set. I love it. So where do you employ your skill sets? The question for both. So where do you find yourself like, hey, I need a mechanical engineer on this. I need a, uh, what is it, biochemical, biomaterial? Bioenvironmental. Bioenvironmental. And where are we using the finance? Yeah, I'll go ahead and uh, kick off. Uh, So uh, like any startup, and I think uh, most of your your listeners here are probably uh, interested in either uh, starting something up or perhaps they're in a startup or they're in a small business type environment. I I think uh, what's incredibly valuable to have is a, a theory or a knowledge base of understanding what it takes to kind of make a business theoretically successful. Uh, By having that knowledge base in place, uh, you can set yourself up for either future success or future failure. I think a common pitfall of many uh, small businesses is they try to do everything by themselves for as uh, little as possible because they're trying to uh, get their product as uh, vastly exposed as quickly as possible and compete with all the other guys. 
But I think having a uh, type of background like I have and the experience that I bring to our team really helps uh, set us up for a scalable type of uh, environment and hopefully allows us to eventually really impact more people and get this technology out to as many people as we can. Because ultimately, you have to remember, we're trying to prevent the uh, spread of virus and we want to save as many lives as possible. It's very honorable. I love it. And uh, Dave, what do you have? So coming from an engineering background, my my focus is really on um, making sure that any technologies that we're going to be utilizing is the best technology and the most effective technology. Um, with that in mind, that's what led us to our manufacturers who are um, the best in the world at what they do. And they are uh, uh, all manufactured in North America. Um, one of the challenges that we see right now is that with the um, increased uh, attention that ultraviolet light is, is receiving right now, there's a lot of pop-up businesses looking to make a buck uh, to sell consumers some sort of solution. And unfortunately, uh, what you get with that is a lot of products on the market that make a lot of big claims that don't really do what they are claiming they can do. Um, so I think for me, you know, uh, really understanding the science and understanding the, the engineering that goes into this technology was really important from the beginning. Um, and again, we, we went and found, uh, the absolute best partners on the manufacturing side of things that we could find. Um, and, uh, it's, it's kind of a match made in heaven because they were excited us to approach them as much as we were excited to work with them to provide us with the technology because uh, we're kind of in a a niche right now where um, there's not really anybody that's out there doing exactly what we're doing in the way that we're doing it while bringing this technology to the average consumer or the average business owner. Um, So uh, for them, it's always been a challenge to educate the the consumer on what they have and how it works. Um, We're kind of doing that for them. Is this your first startup? Uh, it is not. How is that? How is this experience different from the one before or the ones before? Yeah, I've owned uh, actually three other businesses before this. Um, most of the businesses that I was involved with were more in uh, the uh, construction or trade type uh, industries. Um, this, this business is different in a sense that uh, it's a little bit of a hybrid of a service and a technology company. Um, so we're, we're utilizing a technology and providing a technology, but it's coupled with the service and uh, the turnkey installations and the, and the, um, the expertise that we also provide the customer. So um, it's a little bit of a hybrid you know, company where we're, we're providing a service, but we're also providing a, a technical solution as well. And Shane, is this your first one? Uh, so uh, from a hands-on full-in management perspective, uh, I'd say it's the first uh, that has come to the point where uh, we're recognized as a business. I've uh, attempted to uh, start up a few businesses in the past, and for uh, one reason or another, usually financial, uh, they didn't come into uh, full fruition. However, uh, yeah, so this uh, this Buddy, that's the story of every entrepreneur out there. So <laughs> <laughs> say that, wear, wear that badge proudly, man. Wear that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, it, it's made me uh, sort of who I am today, you know, cause I, I think if, um, 
you know, f- failure is sort of defined by the person, right? So if you see yourself as a failure, you know, you're, you'll probably actually always be a failure. But if you see yourself uh, kind of learning from those mistakes you made and kind of overcoming those and uh, doing things differently the next time, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you do. And hopefully uh, that next time is the uh, winner. Absolutely. So if uh, someone's listening out there and they have this brilliant idea in their mind or, uh, you know, they're kind of just sitting there, it's stewing in their head. What advice would you give them on starting a company, not a company like yours, but just in general? Well, absolutely. Uh, My name's Shane Gray. Uh, I'm the co-founder of United UVC. You can find me by... uh, searching our website, unitedubc.com. Uh, you'll uh, go ahead and uh, contact me directly and I'll go ahead and uh, give you a conversation about uh, what it kind of takes and answer any specific question you have about starting your business. That's very sweet of you, a little bit. What advice would you give them today? Either one of you, actually both of you. I wanna hear both of your advice. <laughs> well, I can, uh, you know, for your, for your listeners, uh, Rita, I would say, you know, in the early days, you, you have to keep in mind that your original idea is going to change from the first conception until what you actually bring to market. Um, I think that's really true with, with our business. Uh, we knew we had a, a good idea in the beginning, um, but we had to kind of iterate that idea uh, as we learn more and more about the technology and as we kind of uh, really drilled down into what it is that the consumer needed. Um, and as we were learning more and more about the development um, regarding the science behind this particular pandemic, you know, we pivoted a, a few times to really fit the right niche for what was going to be needed out there. Um, but I would say, you know, my, my best advice would be uh, talk about your idea a lot to a lot of people. Um, you know, I think a lot of times, especially with our idea, we kind of at first thought we got to keep this it was such a, you know, it's, it's our baby. We want to keep it to ourselves. And um, I think we realized that what we had, uh, we learned this is not easy and no one's going to be able to really duplicate exactly what we're doing overnight. So once you kind of have that confidence, you can calm down a little bit and start talking more and more about what you're doing. And that, honestly helped us to get some really, really helpful feedback um, from a lot of different people who had unbiased opinions and and uh, be willing to kind of take some of those uh, devil's advocates that are going to try to poke holes in, in what you're mm-hmm. doing because it, it helps you think about things from a different perspective that hopefully will end up giving you a better product or a better business um, at the end of the day. Um, and then I think the only other piece of advice I would offer is to recognize that uh, you can't do it by yourself. And, you know, the only way to really get something going is to have good partners and guys that you can delegate things to and, and who each um, hopefully or girls bring, or girls, uh, guys and gals <laughs> that can uh, really support you. And, and uh, you know, we, we feel like we were able to put together, you know, the three of us, uh, each with unique backgrounds and unique skill sets that hopefully will complement one another. I think I was telling Shane that yesterday or a, a few days ago when we were talking. I think like it's the perfect trio. He was telling me a little bit about you guys' background and I 100% agree. I'm like, I looked at him like, yeah, you guys are, you guys are doing good. Like, God bless. Yeah. Well, well, well thank you so much, Rita. Um, you know, if, if I jump in and actually give uh, some direct advice, uh, my advice is you're never educated enough and uh, you're never done learning. 
So um, what that means is I, I bring uh, something else that's kind of unique to the, this business trio and I'm uh, educated specifically on startups. I went, I, I recently finished a executive uh, master's through a uh, program called uh, Quantic uh, School of Business and Technology. And it's kind of a uh, very eclectic group of uh, individuals, but um, I, I have a special uh, specialization that focuses directly in startups and how to do them. That being said, uh, I'm learning new things every day. And these guys are challenging my brain on almost a daily basis because, you know, just because it says to do something one way in a book doesn't mean that that will always be the best way to do it or yield the best results uh, for you. So I, I'd say always be open to continue learning. And I think you're probably on a, a good, right uh, place to start. 100%. And also open to feedback. I think, um, Dave, you were talking a little bit about getting that, that feedback back from people. And sometimes it really it hurts your feelings. You're like, oh, no. But once you get over that, once you get that, okay, they have a point. Let me figure out, decipher what they're trying to tell me. My, my wife tells me that every day, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> that's probably one of the hardest things, you know, as a, as someone starting a new venture, uh, when you put so much time and thought into it to hear somebody's perspective that doesn't necessarily align with mm -hmm. what you think you're doing or, or what direction you think you want to be heading in. Um, so yeah, that you're absolutely right. It, it takes some, uh, some real probably maturity and also uh, just being able to separate yourself uh, emotionally from what you're working on and look at things a little bit more objectively. And, um, uh, you know, when I'm, when I'm having conversations, you know, I, I got a brilliant idea that pops into my mind in the middle of the night and I want to share it with my wife. And then she starts poking <laughs> holes in it. And I, I, I you know, I get a little defensive, you know, going, this is, what are you talking about? You know, then I have to kind of say, well, you know, if she's asking that question, uh, I'm sure somebody else probably have that same question. So it forces us to kind of, you know, again, look at it a little more objectively. And, and, uh, I think learning to appreciate that kind of feedback, um, is, is important. That's so true. So your wife is right. She's always right. Yeah, yeah. I learned that. I, I'm glad you, you know, yes, she's always right regardless, but. She tells um, me every day. Yeah, I know. You can't, you can't say it enough. Not to get off topic, but no. Uh, so uh, Shane, what do you think or how do you deal with uh, this kind of feedback? Uh, just, uh, what, what kind of feedback? Just, uh, just negative feedback. That's kind of like, Oh, oh, oh sure. Heart. So, so, I mean, uh, er, early on in my life, I saw, I'll tell you a little story about myself. Uh, in high school, I was president of my uh, student body and, uh, I, I was asked to give an impromptu speech and I, I gave an impromptu, uh, speech at the, uh, like, uh, student, a parent meet meet the teacher day and that sounds uh, fun yeah it, it was fun I, I i love people so it it was uh it was an opportunity that said hey, absolutely uh, and uh what i did at that uh, little bit of a speech was uh, i i addressed everybody in the room as you guys and thank you guys for mm -hmm. coming out this evening and we really appreciate you supporting your students 
And uh, what happened to me uh, later that night is one of the uh, senior uh, uh, teachers at the school came up to me and he had really negative things to say about me. And uh, he sounds, he, he said uh, some pretty mean things to me in person. And it's the first time I've, uh, I ever had a conversation with the guy. And I kind of, uh, I kind of asked him kind of where it was coming from. And he said, you guys, you guys, there were women there too. <laughs> so upset that uh, I was talking to a group of parents that had women in it by calling them you guys, um, that he would uh, he would uh, try to essentially belittle me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think how most people would take a uh, an ex- uh, something like that is they take it and say, well, that guy's a jerk. Uh, but how I took it and I moved forward with is I said, you know, if it offends that guy enough where he's going to basically come on the offense uh, swinging, I think there's probably some good in what he had to say. So I actually stopped using you guys and I had opportunities many times after uh, to speak to large groups of people and it always changed to ladies and gentlemen. So I, I would say a lot of times, just like Dave was saying, you can't be uh, so caught up in the moment that you get so defend, uh, defensive and kind of come back uh, swinging. I think it's always good to kind of internalize things. And I believe a real important concept that is something kind of uh, my grandma passed along to the family was uh, to, if you're kind of uh, thinking about something is to uh, sleep on it. Because if you sleep on it, a lot of times uh, better ideas kind of come in the morning and you perhaps can more clearly uh, select, a, yeah. select a better source of uh, course of action. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I love, that. I, I love the story that you share. I think the guys is such a colloquialism that you just use it mm-hmm. everywhere. I use it in my podcast all the time. You know what I mean? I use it on the radio all the time, but um it's interesting that you brought that up because I never thought I never thought about it in in this way. Even though, like, I mean, when you're giving a formal speech, it's something else. But for uh, for the most part, that's a very interesting thing that he brought uh, into the table. And it's I'm glad you got that um, feedback and you were able to do something positive with it. Uh, gentlemen, if people want to find your company or your services, where can they do that? The best way to find us is on unituduvc.com. Um, from there, they can take a look at our entire uh, collection of uh services and, and technology that we provide. Um, they can email us from the website uh, or they can email us directly at sales at unituvc.com. Um, we've also got a phone number listed on our website if they'd like to have a conversation with one of our uh, EPA certified indoor air quality technicians. I love it. And um, you guys are based, I know you guys are based in Seattle. Is the company also uh, just in Seattle or? Our primary uh, region is uh, located throughout the Pacific Northwest, um, but okay. we are also doing uh, some partnerships uh, down in the Arizona and Southwest uh, region as well right now. How quickly do you get the technology to them? 
Well, one of the biggest challenges right now, um, I'm sure everybody's kind of familiar when you buy anything nowadays through Amazon or anywhere else, you see the little uh, COVID-19 alert saying things are are delayed due to the virus. Um, So because of the incredible demand for this technology worldwide, um, there is a little bit of a supply chain Pinch points, for example, um, all of our stuff's manufactured in North America. However, the special quartz glass that is used for the germicidal ultraviolet bulbs uh, is actually comes from Turkey. And that's mm-hmm. one of the uh, pinch points is, is being able to deliver enough of this uh, specialized glass um, that's needed to manufacture the bulbs. That's just one of the, you know, kind of things that slows production down a bit. Um, so right now, you know, there's a little bit of extended lead times, but that's getting quicker uh, as things are getting ramped up. And, and a lot of our manufacturers are actually expanding their production lines to try to keep up with demand. And it's basically rentals for the most part, right? Or do you sell the actual bulbs or how does it work? Shane, I'll let you take that. You're the money guy. Oh, yeah, sure. Sure. Thanks, Dave. Uh, so, yeah, we, we uh, designed this uh, strategy again, to kind of get this into as many people's hand as possible. So the thing about the technology we provide is it is the same kind of technology that's found in hospitals. Uh, A matter of fact, you can find um, our products that are uh, by the the manufacturer are in many hospitals. So um, because of that, Uh, And because the fact that it's the best possible product you can get for this uh, eradication of uh, pathogens and viruses, uh, it's also very capital intensive, meaning it's not really accessible for most small businesses. Because of that, uh, we designed this model that's a, a leasing model. And we thought it's more important to make sure that People are protected and the people that need it are protected uh, than it is for us to make a quick buck. Mm -hmm. So we have the uh, units available for purchase as well, Mm -hmm. but really we designed the business around a leasing model to make it as affordable for the average business owner as possible. And I can elaborate a little bit. So when you you lease through United UVC, what you get is uh, the support and expertise of our EPA indoor air quality technicians who will come out to your space, whether it's your restaurant or your manufacturing plant or your school, and they'll do a site survey to be able to really understand the unique um, outlying, you know, factors that would help us to spec the appropriate equipment for your facility. Uh, and we'll look at all of your HVAC systems, um, you know, the, the entire building envelope and design to make sure that we are able to give you the, the right solution for your business or your building. From that point, um, we actually come out, we install all of the equipment for free. It's all included, it's all um, part of the lease. Um, we also then come out uh, quarterly and do all of the scheduled maintenance. We change the uh, filters. We replace the HEPA filters that are in the purifiers and we replace the uh, germicidal ultraviolet bulbs all for free or included, you know, with the price of your monthly payment. Um, so the, the goal for us was to create a turnkey solution where we're kind of a one-stop shop. You give us a call, we come out, we completely take care of your uh, indoor air quality and you can focus on running your business. You know, you can, if you're a restaurant owner, we take that responsibility off your plate. 
Um, and if you ever do find yourself in a situation where someone's calling into question, you know, what you're doing to uh, take care of the environment or take care of the facilities, uh, air quality, uh, when you're leasing through United UVC, you know that you've got a partner that you can call us up and we're right there in your corner to kind of answer any questions. Um, you know, God forbid somebody gets sick in your, your facility and the, the news shows up on your doorstep wanting to know what you're doing. Um, you can kind of defer questions to us and we can help you draft, you know, the, the response to help them really understand that you're doing everything in your power to make your environment as healthy and as safe as it can be for your customers and your staff. I love it. That's actually really exciting. And, um, I wish you guys the best. This is really cool stuff that you guys are doing. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that with me and with my, uh, with my listeners. Uh, last thing I want to ask you is if people want to connect with you, um, is there like social media, something that your company has that people can connect with you or do you want them to connect with you personally? What's, how would you like to? Yeah, we are on uh, social media. You can find us on Facebook, on LinkedIn. Um, but probably the easiest way to find all of those is just to go through our website at unituvc.com. Um, okay. From there, you can contact us and you can find us uh, on the social networks as well. Beautiful. Shane, do you want to say something else? Any closing remarks? Uh, you, you know, I just, I just uh, hope all your listeners out there are uh, uh, taking care of themselves, staying, staying safe. Uh, most importantly, uh, we wish you all the best and uh, good luck getting back to work. Uh, feel free to reach out to us if you feel like uh, we might be able to provide a solution uh, for y'all. Uh, we'd love to work with you and that's our uh, true desire. And our intention is really loving people and trying to get this uh, into as many people's hands as possible. That is a beautiful intention and very kind and very brilliant. You can create, and I, I, you know, I love when I see businesses like this and we get to share it with an audience or with the listeners because uh, it's not, business is not just about making money. It's about serving the environment. It's about serving the society as well in the world that we live in. So um, it's beautiful what you guys are doing. Keep going. Uh, to all our, and thank you so much for being with me uh, today. It was, it was a pleasure to have you both. And for Thanks everyone for who's listening, thank you. Uh, for everyone who's listening to us, uh, I'm Rita Sikali. Again, this is Boutique Digital Marketing. And if you want to connect with Boutique, you can do that at boutiquedigitalmarketing.com or uh, you can email us at info at Boutique Digital Marketing. Call us at 909-333-5116. Or uh, you could also connect with us on social media, Boutique Digital Marketing. But if you want to connect with me personally, you can do that at The Word with Rita. And I will be happy to answer any questions that you have. Thank you, gentlemen. And thank you guys for listening. I'll be with you next week.